This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is True Crime Psychology and Personality, where we discuss the pathology behind some of the most horrific crimes and those who committed them from a scientifically informed perspective. I'm Dr. Todd Grande. I have a PhD in counselor education and supervision, and I'm a licensed professional counselor of mental health. Dr. Todd Grande, that's my YouTube channel. Today's question is, can I analyze the case of Laura Lee Michelle? First, I'll look at the background of this case, then move to my analysis. Laura Lee Michelle was born in LaGrange, Texas, on September 13, 1940. This is about two hours east of San Antonio. At that time, her name was Virginia Joy Williford. Her father's name was Willie Walker Williford, and her mother was named Lena Smith Brunson. Laura Lee had either four or five siblings. In 1945, when she was five years old, Laura Lee and two of her sisters, Penny and Barbara Ann, were put up for adoption. Laura Lee was adopted by a couple from Schulenburg, Texas, which is about 20 minutes south of LaGrange. Her adoptive father was a 57-year-old cotton broker named Otto Michelle. Her adoptive mother was his 56-year-old wife, Lorraine. Laura Lee's sisters were adopted by Otto's brother and his wife. They lived in San Antonio. Otto and Lorraine found Laura Lee to be charismatic, outgoing, and enthusiastic. Not long after adopting her, they entered her in local pageants. On one occasion, while performing at a Lions Club banquet, she caught the attention of a few wealthy individuals, including one who would eventually be the governor of Texas. One of these people sent a message to Warner Brothers, telling an executive there that they needed to hire Laura Lee. She should be in the movies. In 1946, Lorraine and Laura Lee moved into an apartment building in Hollywood, California. Otto stayed behind in Texas to earn money to support the trip to Hollywood. Lorraine hired a drama coach for Laura Lee and enrolled her in dance classes. Laura Lee found acting roles on television and radio and performed at various theaters and hotels. Her big break occurred when she was cast in the 1948 movie Good Sam which featured Gary Cooper. After this, she appeared in several other movies, including The Snake Pit, starring Olivia de Havilland, Mighty Joe Young with Ben Johnson, Mr. Soft Touch, starring Glenn Ford, and Tokyo Joe with Humphrey Bogart. She was earning $100 a day by 1950, which is the equivalent of $1,235 in 2022. Reporters started to compare Laura Lee to Shirley Temple, 
everyone believed that Laura Lee had a big future in Hollywood. On January 12, 1950, Laura Lee's acting coach picked her up at Lorraine's apartment. The coach was supposed to take her to a modeling interview at Paramount Studios. Instead, the coach took Laura Lee to the police, claiming that she had seen bruises on her. Laura Lee told the police that she was afraid of Lorraine. She said that her adoptive mother starved her in order to prevent her from growing. Lorraine thought that it would be better for Laura Lee's movie career if she remained small. A pastor of a church in Burbank, California, took temporary custody of Laura Lee as the police arrested Lorraine. As all this was going on, Laura Lee continued to act in movies. Otto flew from Texas to Los Angeles. He and his wife hired an attorney in an effort to reunite their family. The couple was interested in getting Laura Lee back, but they were not alone. Laura Lee's mother, Lena Brunson, also showed up in Los Angeles looking to gain custody of her. Lena claimed that the Michelles obtained the adoption using fraud and trickery. The media quickly latched on to the story. Here there was a famous child actress at the center of a custody dispute. The early articles about the situation were not favorable to Otto and Lorraine. They were portrayed as greedy and trying to make money from Laura Lee. Otto had a different story. He said that he sacrificed greatly to promote Laura Lee's career. He put the blame on the acting coach, saying that she and her husband framed his wife Lorraine and manipulated Lena to pursue custody. The custody hearing was held on January 23, 1950. Laura Lee claimed that Otto would take her to bars and give her peanuts as he drank alcohol. She accused Lorraine of beating her with a hairbrush if she even gained one pound of weight. She had to steal milk and cheese from her neighbor's doorsteps because she was so hungry. Laura Lee asked the judge to be returned to her biological mother, Lena Brunson. The claim that Lena made about the adoption being fraudulent did not hold up too well. Lena had signed adoption papers and sent a letter to Otto and Lorraine thanking them for adopting Laura Lee. In addition, there was a report made in Texas documenting that Lena had abandoned all of her children in 1945. On February 8, the judge ruled in favor of Otto and Lorraine. Laura Lee was returned to their custody. The judge told them to move back to Texas and raise her as a normal child. There was to be no more acting. Otto and Lorraine ignored the judge's advice. Laura Lee started working on another movie three weeks later. The movie was titled Between Midnight and Dawn. The custody victory was not the end of the story. Lorraine was still facing a trial for allegedly mistreating Laura Lee. On March 13, before the trial started, Laura Lee held a taxi and made her way to a pastor's residence in Burbank. This was the same pastor who had temporarily cared for her after the allegations were made. She complained to him that she lost 10 pounds in the last month. The pastor called the police. Laura Lee was sent to a juvenile detention facility. She told the authorities that she did not want to be in movies anymore and did not want to go back to Otto and Lorraine. The authorities investigated and found that Laura Lee did not lose 10 pounds. She actually gained 4 pounds. After being questioned by the judge, Laura Lee admitted that she lied about her adoptive parents. She was never mistreated. When referring to Laura Lee, the judge told a newspaper, quote, she's a precocious, emotional child who could get a lot of people in trouble. I can't tell when she's acting and when she's telling the truth, unquote. The judge was determined to make sure that Laura Lee never acted again, 
He believed her acting career was part of the problem. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Lorraine's trial for the alleged mistreatment started on March 21, 1950, despite the fact that Laura Lee admitted she was lying. Under direct examination, Laura Lee changed her story again and testified that her mother had harmed her. Under cross examination, Laura Lee accused her acting coach of telling her what to say. Laura Lee was changing her story so rapidly that politicians must have been envious of her skills. Lorraine was acquitted of all charges. In July, Otto and Lorraine returned to Texas. Laura Lee joined them six weeks later. She never went back to Hollywood, but she did perform in local plays and recitals. Laura Lee was a teenager when both of her adoptive parents died. Otto died of pancreatic cancer at the age of 65. Two years later, Lorraine died from lung cancer at the age of 66. Laura Lee was placed in the foster care system. She was at four different foster homes from 1953 to 1957. She was described as emotionally unstable and very insecure. Laura Lee dropped out of school after the 11th grade. She married a man named Donald Ford on February 28, 1958. She was already pregnant at this time and gave birth to a daughter not long afterward. The child was put up for adoption. The couple had a son in February 1959. He died three hours after being born. He had a fatal congenital condition. At some point shortly after this, Laura Lee and Donald divorced. In August 1959, Laura Lee checked herself into a mental hospital and spent nine days there. She told mental health clinicians that her biological parents and her adoptive parents were all killed in motor vehicle collisions, which of course was not true. After leaving that facility, Laura Lee went to Houston and worked in low-paying jobs. She married a man named Joe Wendell Owen on March 5, 1960. The marriage lasted about two weeks, although they never legally divorced. In August 1960, Laura Lee married a pharmacist named Carrie Bray, who lived in Houston. By February 1961, Laura Lee had moved to Corpus Christi and worked as a waitress. Despite already being married to Carrie, she married a former Marine named Frank O'Neill Scott on July 22, 1961. He was also married to someone else at that time. Laura Lee and Frank went on a criminal journey together. They were arrested in Iowa for disturbing the peace. On June 21, 1962, 
they went to a car dealership in Jonesboro, Arkansas, and looked at a 1957 Mercury. They took the Mercury for a test drive. It was a very long test drive. They drove to Houston. I guess they really wanted to be sure the car was right for them. After this, Laura Lee borrowed Carrie's Ford convertible. He let her have it for one day, but she kept it for six months, driving across seven states with Frank. They ran up $3,600 in charges on three credit cards found in the glove compartment and from one that Frank had stolen from someone else. Laura Lee and Frank were arrested on December 28, 1962, near El Paso, Texas. They were charged with two counts of unlawfully transporting a stolen motor vehicle across state lines, so the Mercury and the Ford. They pleaded guilty to one count of car theft. Frank was sentenced to 27 months in prison. Laura Lee received 13 months. It's not clear when she was released, but it was probably no later than April 1964. Several years later, sometime around 1985, a friend told Laura Lee's second husband, Joe Owen, that Laura Lee died of cancer in 1979, which meant that she was either 38 or 39 years old when she died. Cancer can strike at any age, but it is unusual for somebody at this age to die from cancer. A reporter for the Los Angeles Times who wrote a story about this case was unable to locate a death certificate for Laura Lee. Nobody knows what happened to Laura Lee from 1964 to 1979, assuming that's when she died. Laura Lee's biological mother, Lena Brunson, died in 2000 at the age of 86. Now moving to my analysis. Here are my thoughts in a few areas that stood out to me in this case. Item number one. When Laura Lee was young, she appeared to have a natural gift for acting. She was charismatic, energetic, followed instructions, and loved to be the center of attention. She made a strong impression on people who saw her. For example, the wealthy individuals who spotted her in Texas. Otto and Lorraine may not have been the best parents, but it does appear as though, at least initially, they were trying to help Laura Lee by getting her involved in acting. They knew she had the potential to be successful. Item number two, it appears as though Laura Lee might have been highly suggestible. This trait has an association with a desire to be at the center of attention. These two traits tend to co-occur. When she started to have success in movies, many people tried to take advantage of her suggestibility. One could argue that Otto, Lorraine, Lena, and the acting coach were all trying to get something from Laura Lee. They all wanted to control her. The corrupting power of Hollywood was channeled through the child actress. Interested parties could see their own dreams reflected in Laura Lee's eyes. She represented fame, glory, and wealth. These people had little interest in Laura Lee as a person. They only saw her as someone who could help them. Item number three, the judge who presided over the custody dispute was one of the few people that did seem to care about Laura Lee. He became frustrated by her ability to manipulate and deceive. Just as Laura Lee represented fame and fortune to her mother and adoptive parents, she represented the dark side of Hollywood to the judge. What he saw reflected in her eyes was the greed of her so-called caregivers. After Laura Lee moved back to Texas, the judge made it his goal to help child actors in California. It seems as though Laura Lee made an impression on him. Item number four, after the death of her adoptive parents, Laura Lee was not motivated to be productive and used her acting skills to manipulate people. 
She went to a Catholic high school for a short time. She missed many days of school and was described as a poor student. The principal at the school said that she was always trying to act. Despite this observation, the principal said that he did not believe that Laura Lee ever actually appeared in movies. He described her as mentally incapable of that work. There is the sense that Laura Lee's functioning decreased dramatically. Her performance level from her child acting days was unrecognizable as a teenager. Item number five, when there were no authority figures to look after her, Laura Lee did whatever she felt like. She had a series of short marriages before starting her criminal career. Maybe she left those marriages so quickly because her husband started to feel like authority figures. There is the sense that Laura Lee was excitement-seeking and impulsive. This is also evident in the crimes that she committed, like driving long distances and stolen vehicles. Item number six, is Laura Lee still alive? A story about dying from cancer in 1979 does not appear to be from a reliable source. A friend of her second husband, Joe Owen, mentioned to him that she died of cancer. How would this friend have known that? It's worth noting that Joe was looking for Laura Lee so he could get divorced from her. He had remarried, but of course that marriage was invalid. Joe wanted to get a divorce so he could legally marry the woman he had been with for several years. The news of Laura Lee's death paved the way for Joe to get married again. Maybe the friend was just telling Joe what he wanted to hear. I'm making this video near the end of 2022. If the story about Laura Lee dying in 1979 is not true, there is about a 50% chance that she is still alive today based on the average profile. Considering that Laura Lee had kind of a rough life, her actual chance of living this long would be just under 50%. Chances are she is not alive. Now moving to my final thoughts. Being a child actor these days is challenging. For child actors who were acting during the golden age of Hollywood, it was even worse. Few adults can handle the power of Hollywood fame without running into problems. Children have little chance of managing it without supportive caregivers. Laura Lee was intelligent. She was able to learn skills from the people around her. Unfortunately, they did more than teach her how to be an actress. They taught her how to manipulate and deceive. This led to a rapid fall from grace. Laura Lee should not be judged too harshly. She learned those skills from the best. This has been True Crime Psychology and Personality from Ars Longa Media. This content is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.